0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and a very welcome to Live Live. It's Joe at RT.ie, and again, uh, a health warning, as we call it, about today's programme, dealing with issues of a very, very sensitive uh, nature especially if there are young ears around. So uh, please use your judgment uh, because we are going back to more allegations about Blackrock College, more new allegations about Kimmage Manor, uh, um, also run by the Holy Ghost Order. And they now, the confusion people are, listeners are getting is the Holy Ghost Order changed their name to the Spiritans. Um, now, I don't know why they changed their name, but it was the Holy Ghost Order running all these goods. And as someone said, the Spiritan sounds like a, the name of a rugby team from uh, Northern England. But anyway, uh, when we refer to the Spiritans, which are now called, we're referring to the Holy Ghost Order, which they were uh, then then called. Now, um, on Monday's uh, documentary here on RT Radio 1, you heard from David and Mark Ryan. Now, there is another man who was referred to in the programme. His name is Michael. Um, and he is David Ryan's childhood friend, and indeed they're still friends. And uh, David and his older brother told their story, uh, how it was called Blackrock Boys, how there were three abusers at Blackrock College and they abused the two, the two siblings. Uh, that documentary mentioned that another boy, David's friend, was also abused and was also involved in the court cases that followed. And we're now joined by that third boy, Michael, who was abused by father Tom O'Byrne at Blackrock College in the late 1970s and early 1980s. Uh, Michael, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. Uh, Michael, why have you decided to speak out now? Um, I want to speak out in support of David and Mark for their tremendous courage and yeah. the documentary they made, but also because I think it's it's the right thing to do. I mean, I've been fighting this fight with myself and with the school in many ways for many, many years, not getting anywhere. And um, I pay tribute to you for making it a national debate and think it really needs to be resolved once and for all. And you were, and as people like you have made it a national debate, Michael, in fairness, and I'd point out that so far, as we've heard, the, uh, the Holy Ghost Order have told us they have 233 allegations against 77 individuals. That is probably, if you go back to the Ferns report and the Ferns government inquiry, set up, by the way, by Michal Martin uh, when he was Minister for Health, um, the Ferns inquiry um, dealt with 100 allegations. There are now 233 allegations and rising against individuals, uh, 77 um, individuals at least, at least who were um, uh, either members of the Holy Ghost Order or indeed uh, a number, a small number of lay teachers are also being mentioned as well at this stage. Tell us how you forced, or indeed how he forced Father Tom O'Brien as he was then, came across you, Michael. I was a student in Willow Park and Black College, and um, to be honest, I can't remember exactly how it happened, but it started off very similar to David, um, with swimming lessons, private swimming lessons, and evolved from there. I mean, he, he abused us all as part of the swimming lessons that he gave us. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he also um, abused me elsewhere as well. And was this on the grounds of Black Rock College, can I ask? Yes, it was. I mean, I, I can tell you if you like. I mean, it was mm-hmm. in the swimming pool. Um, he used to, I mean, it was well documented in the in the documentary yeah. that David and Mark uh, made, the way the what he used to do with asking us to model different types of um, swimming, well, thongs, for, yeah. um, which was awful. Um, uh, and also he, he abused me in, in Clareville, in the priest's house where the priest used to live. And, and, in, it, in the and he took you to his room. He did. Okay. He did. No, 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 the he, reason um, the reason I'm asking, uh, the reason I'm trying to make that point, Michael, is that um, surely somebody else should remark on the fact that there was a very young boy going out in and out of a priest's bedroom. But anyway, that, that was one thing. Even at the time it happened, that was one thing that I was shocked at. I and mean, he used to. 
take me to his bedroom and molest me while he uh, had me read from the Bible for him. I don't know, it must have been one of his jollies, which was a very creepy thing to do. But walking out of his bedroom, my eyes were, I'm sure, as big as saucers, and I passed priests in the corridor leaving the yeah. leaving his room. And if they didn't confront him, ask why there was a young child in his bedroom, they were either complicit in it, mm-hmm. maybe they were doing it themselves, I'm not sure how much they collaborated on it, but at least there was a, a cover-up or a, a culture of intimidation where the people who lived there didn't speak about it, but it kept the abuse um, covered up for many, many years, far too many years. Now, you, along with uh, David and Mark, uh, decided to uh, take your case, as I say, to a higher court. But that, that didn't work out as expected either. Unfortunately not, no. I mean, he had the resources. However, he got the resources to pay for a legal defence that ended up getting his case um, up to the Supreme Court where it was dismissed. And David, Mark and I had to go to Dublin to give evidence in the High Court, which was a harrowing experience um, looking back on it. But even that, we didn't get the justice we deserved. And was the, was the Supreme Court dismissal based on um, lapse of time, as they call it? My recollection was that it was based on his age. Yeah, which is... And you, you may, I don't know whether you're familiar, Michael, I know you're out of the country, but uh, familiar with the case of George Gibney, the swimming coach. And he managed to, again, go to the Supreme Court and he managed to get the case, thrown, or his legal team did on his behalf, managed to get the case thrown out because of uh, lapse, lapse of time since the, and memory yeah. since the allegations were made. But anyway, uh, in, in, in the court case where, where you cross-examined, I was cross-examined and that was that was one of the things that I still makes my blood run cold. The, the way I was cross-examined by his uh, defense counsel was the line of argument went along the along the lines of to relate what had happened, the actual facts of the event. Yeah. But then the um, the defense is the history, his lawyer and barrister made the completely inaccurate assumption that because I had been successful in my career afterwards, that the impact was not so great on me, although it's obviously impossible to look into somebody's heart and see how it's affected them. But to treat somebody, to treat a criminal act and measure it against the litmus test of the invisible impact rather than the crime that was committed is shocking. I mean, it's it's similar in my mind to the way, unfortunately, many women are treated in rape cases yeah. where um, it, it circumstances are brought up, like what they were wearing, where they were walking yeah. and so mm-hmm. on. It's not relevant. A crime was committed. That's what should be measured. So they're looking at you. We won't go into any great detail, but they're looking at you. They know, they know, I presume you have to submit these details where you live, what you do, all that carry on. And they say, uh-huh. hang on, you've done you've done extraordinarily well. I know you have, and you've done extraordinarily well in your professional career. And what are they exactly. saying? But, but, but this abuse didn't hold you back. Is that what they're saying? That, that, was, that, was, that was exactly the line of defence. This didn't hold you back, therefore. It was trying to minimise the impact so that they could build a case, be it around his age, um, the fact that it really wasn't that important of a, of a crime to get the case dismissed. And they did it was get... A very, it was a, they did get it dismissed yeah. eventually, but it went all the way up to the Supreme yeah. Court. And had to fight that hard for justice for a crime against, well, at least I knew that the three of us, but since then, as you say, 233 other yeah. boys and young people who were abused. But they didn't... Did they contest your allegation, as it was then? Now, the Holy Ghost admitted now. Uh, but did they, did they actually contest the allegations, say, hang on, what was the time in the room? What Bible were you reading? What side of the bed did he make you kneel down on or whatever? Did, um, did they actually contest the, the allegation of the crime? Not to my recollection, though. I mean, those they details cont- are... 
Okay, but they it seems to me they it seems to me they contested the effect that the crime might have on you professionally as seen yes. in a supervisional C V or whatever and your 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 job your job title at the minute or at that time. And but this this My- Sorry, I was going to say, my, my recollection was that the way the questioning went was they were questioning you on the facts, but they questioned the facts, not necessarily in a linear fashion, but in a way that jumped around to kind of put you off guard um, okay. so that then they could come in with the with the question about the impact so that you were more likely to answer in a way that was that showed minimal impact or less impact. I mean, it was a very aggressive line of questioning. And this is paid for by the Holy Ghost, Father. They've, they've, they've admitted that. And we presume O'Born... I'm sure they would. He yeah. couldn't afford to pay it. Yeah. And O'Born, uh, either himself or someone else, directed the Defence Council on what what line to take. I would imagine. Yeah. I would imagine he did. Maybe he looked at, at the people who were in, up there and said and picked us out for different reasons and said, you know, I, looking at this man's profile, I can see that this, this may be um, an approach for this victim compared to others. Okay. Now, um, and again, I remind people, and there'll be no more graphic, this man, this criminal, who didn't, didn't face the rigours of the law, he made our caller Michael uh, when what you were 10, 11 at the time. Michael, remind me of what age you were 12, 12, 13. That's what it he, remade, he made this young boy, 12 years of age, uh, come to uh, there was previous instance well in this one, but, but come to his room, um, read from the Bible while mm-hmm. uh, while the uh, perpetrator, the criminal, uh, molested you and um, did other things. Now, you have uh, constructed... Not a very Christian thing to do. No, no, extraordinary, extraordinary. And would he, would he just say, open the Bible and read, or would he say, read this? Why am I being so I, specific? You're not, I, I can't, no, I, I can't remember, but I can remember where I was sitting, what his room looked like, but I can't remember what yeah, passages okay, I read, okay. but they were... Okay. Um, now you have another. You, you've actually, you see, we, we, yesterday people calling for a public inquiry, an independent inquiry. I don't know whether you you want to add your voice to that, Michael. But you've also I absolutely do. Okay, and that brings me to you have sent in, uh, uh, submitted to us a, a two four six page, um, incredibly detailed spreadsheet of um, obje- objectives and incredibly it's, it strikes me that it could be with recommendations it strikes me reading it there this morning it could be you could be reading it from an independent inquiry it is so clear and forensic but that's for another conversation uh, later you want to know how much the Holy Ghost order paid in legal fees uh, for these high court yes. case and the Supreme Court case yes Okay, and they, I they, can imagine it was a significant amount of money. Okay, and they could have said, "No, we're not going to pay for a Supreme Court case. We pay for a High Court." But anyway, um, this stopped the three of you getting a chance of, of justice. Um, and you say, and there's a there's a there's a bit of uh, backlash as well on our phone lines. I can tell you honestly about the name. You're, you, we are tarring the name of Black Rock College and everyone who went to it and the brand of. Black Rock College. But, we're but not, I think that that needs to be the case because they're continuing to send your children to a school like Black Rock College that has such terrible double standards. You really have to question why you're doing that. They, they enjoy your reputation within the country um, because so many uh, political leaders and captains of industry came from it. But the values they teach when they say one thing and do another are really not Irish values that you want to live by today. And after the court case, uh, Michael, what was your reaction and what did you do? I tried to engage with them afterwards. We were so disappointed that we did not get the justice we deserved mm-hmm. that I, I wrote these recommendations to them. Mm-hmm. Um, after I had gone to them and said, look, I, I want some kind of compensation for this. And they, they did offer me a settlement which I accepted, and I um, and I wrote these recommendations and had a mm. conversation with the provincial 
and the previous provincial to talk through these things. But it was very, very clear that once the settlement was made, they did not want to deal with me. And it was a courtesy call just to close the book. And even though you some of the recommendations in there, I think, are very valid ones. I was calling for um, the victim of child sex abuse to be placed on the board of the board of governors for each of the schools to make sure that there's a watchful eye um, over what's going on, the safeguarding procedures, to make sure that periodically they're checked and audited. But that even that simple gesture to the victims was dismissed but just to give just to give your your document even by the way would you would you be prepared to uh, submit this document if there was an inquiry absolutely okay um or to, to the in the public domain you see you have things like um identi- the objective of this section you write about is to identify the extent of the problem you go into detail then apologize and accept blame for what has happened you you go into uh, again detail of how that how that should be done provide redress and compensation again you again it's a spreadsheet and you have a number of paragraphs on how that can be done we then we, and then it goes on to the next page open then you say for both victims and family openly discuss how things are going to change and you've won, you've, you have a 10-point plan uh, you're offering to them. Um, then you say, ensure that mistakes to pass are not repeated in the future and parents can send their children to Holy Ghost schools with confidence. And then you have, in that section, you go into school governance and culture. You list the radical changes that should be uh, initiated. It's, it, they got a lot of advice. You know what, they got a lot of advice from did. you, Michael. And they got and a lot of saying it's... Hardest... No, your point. The hardest part, the hardest part of writing this, after feeling so beat up by what happened, was to write it in a way that would help, try to help them at least continue in their role. My firm belief is that they should have nothing to do with education. I know they have supposedly taken a step back, Mm -hmm. but they should in no way be involved as an order with anything to do with young people or the education of young people. They have a, a poor moral compass and shouldn't do this. So that, that section on um, helping them think what they might possibly do to regain their reputation was written with a heavy heart. And you're saying it's redundant now? Is it? Because nothing was done. They, they've yeah. proven this document was written 10 years ago. And they, in, in, to my knowledge, nothing in this document or anything similar has been undertaken by the Holy Ghost orders. You also want to know when they told us yesterday that there are four uh, spirit uh, members of the Holy Ghost order still alive who have had allegations, abuse made against them and accepted by BlackRock. Where are they living um, we, yes. don't, we don't know where they're living. Uh, can I, we... I knew Tom, Tom O'Byrne was living in, in Clareville for a long time after um, I left school, and I, I think he was all during the court case. I mean, they, they protect their own. Um, Kimmage, Kimmage Manor is mentioned again, and if, if you bear with me, Michael, I, I think this is this, this, at this stage I want to bring in um, uh, information we received about Kimmage Manor. Now, Kimmage Manor, um, I thought it was retirement homes, Kimmage in, in Dublin 12, I thought it was a retirement home for Holy Ghost Fathers, but apparently it's, it was also a formation school if you had a, uh, an interest in becoming a Holy Ghost Father. At a very young age, you were moved from Willow Park to go to Kimmage Manor. And um, this is a letter from someone uh, who uh, was in such a such a situation um he's he's um never told a story before he's emailed us uh, about kimmage manor and as he said it's a school for boys who are going to be trained how would you know at such a young age but anyway a school for boys are going to be trained uh, to be priests our caller uh, as you'll hear lasted one year in kimmage manor dear joe i respectfully request to remain anonymous if you decide to use this letter on your show For more than 50 years, I have hidden away from the horrors of my teenage years. Listening to the Doc on One and to your show this week has been cathartic for me. I too am a victim of abuse, both physical 
and sexual at the hands of Holy Ghost Fathers. Unlike all the contributors I've heard, I wasn't in Blackrock, Willow Park or Rockwell. I was recruited by the Holy Ghost Fathers into their novitiate in Kimmage Manor. The promise of exotic worldwide travel, saving souls and eternal rest in blissful, heavenly surroundings was too difficult to resist for an impressionable, good-living and God-fearing teenager like me. When the recruiting officer finished his spiel to her class, I was one of, I think, three boys who raised their hands to join the order. I was the only one from that class who actually joined. I had a vocation. I went to the manor with the best of intentions. My first experience of sexual abuse, as I now know it, was on the croquet lawn, which was by the house I stayed in. My instructor leaned over both my shoulders to show me how to properly hold the mallet and proceeded to masturbate me while thrusting from behind. I ejaculated and he commented that that's how enjoyable croquet should be. The rest of my time in the manor was peppered with instances of sexual abuse in the dormitory, in the washroom, the toilets at the farm and in private quarters. The, it's our secret, don't say anything, you won't be believed, line was constantly used to ensure my compliance and silence. Apart from one friend, I haven't until this week said anything to anyone about my experiences in the manor. That saddens me. Had I spoken out earlier, maybe some of those who later suffered at the hands of one of my abusers could have been spared their hurt. While the focus has been on the better-known colleges and schools, I suspect Kimmage Manor was every bit as rotten as they were. I know I wasn't the only victim to pass through the gates there. I went to the manor with the best intentions. That's the line from from that man there who is, uh, as you say, he's he's found the, the programmes and indeed the Doc on One cathartic and he's decided to speak up now. Uh, Michael, we've been on to, um, just to keep you involved, we've been uh, on to the, the Spiritans again. But Michael, have you any idea why they changed their name? <laughs> From the Holy it's like Ghost. Rebranding, eh? It's like a rebranding exercise. It didn't okay. really work, did it? Um, we've been on to them. It's like... T- it's like it's like Windscale changing its name to Sellafield. It's still a nuclear power station. The best of our knowledge, according to the Spiritans, as they're now called, the best of our knowledge, uh, there are 12 uh, boys who were abused in Kimmage Manor. Um, they all referred to one person who was convicted and served the sentence. Um, now, this brings me back to the uh, other person. I, I think you were listening yesterday, Michael, this man... Uh, Brother Ignatius uh, Baylor, B-A-Y-L-O-R, or, mm-hmm. and um, he came to Ireland. Again, we're trying to work out a timeline, and it's very hard to find out the timeline. What circumstances he came to Ireland? He was he's, he, When he came here, he was no longer a Christian brother for some reason, after being very senior in the organisation, and you still find his name on websites in the organisation in different schools across England and Scotland. But when he came here, he got a job in Willow Park and he proceeded to savagely abuse, savagely abuse uh, physically and sexually. And then he was caught in North Dublin um, in a hotel with a child. He was caught by the Gardaí. So the Gardaí were involved. They were either were, had suspicions about this man or, or somebody phoned them to say what is happening in that room with this uh, older man and this uh, young child. I don't think their father and son or whatever. And uh, the Gardaí raided and arrested him. He was brought for some reason to Dundrum Court in 1986, um, which is a small, oldish court. My vague memory of uh, when I was a probation officer, you go upstairs, there wasn't much room for anything. There were seldom, I can't remember, any reporters being there because it was seen as a, a lowly district court. But he was charged in a district court. Uh, we don't know for what, we're trying to get newspaper reports. But he charged this man who effectively, uh, Baylor, kidnapped this child and took him, we presume, without his, the child's uh, knowledge of the intent or his parental permission or guardian permission, took him to a hotel room, obviously pre-booked, uh, with one thing in mind. So 
why wasn't he charged with kidnapping? Why wasn't he charged with abduction? What, what, what was the actual charges that um, led to a two-year sentence? And enigmatically, in fairness to the, to the Holy Ghost order, they say we do not know if he served that sentence uh, or not. Uh, stay with us, Michael. Um, after the break, we, Michael is staying with us, but after the break, I'll be talking to uh, a young woman who's contacted us about one of the priests as he was then in Black Rock, who was an uncle of hers. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Michael is on uh, one line, he's on the WhatsApp, so that's thanks to the clarity of that call. Um, But Michael is not living in Ireland, but he, he was referred to, not by name, as the third child abused uh, along with his good friends uh, Mark and David Ryan uh, in the documentary Black Rock Boys um, and Michael is now uh, speaking out uh, about his horrific experience by the way Mike, uh, Michael did they ever apologise or when we had when I took the action against them or asked for, for compensation um, as part of that their, their response was do you want an apology Okay. And when when somebody asks that, it seems so disingenuous that I said no, thank okay. you. I mean, I think the first word out of your mouth should have been, "We are so terribly sorry what yeah. happened to you." Then offer, then what can we do to make it better besides the compensation? But begrudgingly to ask somebody, "Do you want an apology?" was aggressive. It just showed their arrogance in terms of we really don't feel we've done wrong but we're doing this just to yeah. fix a problem that it really stuck in my throat and I said no it's it's given with such superficiality it's like if someone parked uh, a few yards across your if you have a driveway across your driveway and you said you were you know you said would you want me to move it and you said thank exactly you. that's the level that's, 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 that was the impact they thought it had on your life. Do you want yeah, an? Don't do you park want, there do you, in the first place. Do you want an apology? Yeah. Do you want an apology? Exactly. It was similar to the way the questioning went in court in terms of impact. No. Do you want an apology? No. Uh, Michel Flood. Michel, good afternoon. Strangely, oh, yes, sorry. Michael. Yes, Michael. Go ahead, I yeah. was going to say, as a student in Blackrock College, I think Blackrock has got a Masonic-like old boys network. And interestingly, since I brought this case, I have never, ever been contacted by the Black Rock College Past Pupils Union to see if I wanted to go to um, any of the Past Pupils events or anything Mm. like that. I mean, I wouldn't go anyway, but I mean, it's fairly clear that you are on the blacklist if you do anything to damage the reputation of Black Rock College and the old boys. And they have issued a statement, the Past Pupils Union, I don't know who runs it at the minute, but they have issued a very uh, supportive statement of the survivors and victims uh, uh, promising every support. Uh, your, your your friend Mark, or your friend Michael Mark, has contacted us and he's adding a few things. To what, what are you, you, he's basically echoing what you were saying. Uh, could we push for an inquiry into the spiritans? If Gardy get information, they have to keep the the, the, the Gardy said they're going to have their own inquiry. But what Mark's talking about is a public inquiry, as you are and as other victims are. If Gardy get info, they have to keep it private forever. How do we know if the spiritans have been totally open? They don't have to give us information about dead perpetrators. How will I and others know the true extent of what happened? I'm only uh, begging to hear that Hannan, this is Jerry Hannan, mentioned by Stephen on this programme on Tuesday, abuse uh, not uh, not others, but but uh, me as well. Um, Hannan abused me with O'Born together, together. And he said, there's loads of questions that are unanswered. Where did O'Born get keys for Willow Park School? Who helped O'Born? He had he took photographs. Yeah. Who helped O'Born? All this, for, this forensic stuff, which... Uh, Forensic questions which arise, which might not strike the lay person uh, immediately, but would come up if there was a, if there was a, an inquiry. Michelle Flood, Michelle, good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon, Joe. Um, you're in Mayo. Um, unfortunately, yeah. this this has brought up uh, your own uh, experiences with your uncle 
uh, as yes. it was then, Father Aloysius Flood. Yes, known as Alo. Ali. Or Alo. Alo, Alo. We okay. just called Alo. him Alo. Alo, okay, you called him Alo, okay. You knew he was, yeah. a, you knew he was a priest, I presume, Michelle, when he used to visit uh, your home. Absolutely. Okay. He was very revered at, at our home. Okay. Um, look, I'm 47 years. I, I thought I would bring his name to my grave. I never thought his name would come out. Yeah. The church have protected him for far too long. And even when he died, um, his funeral was kept quiet. And I think that's because they knew the level of abuse that he had done. And did he did he perpetrate your uncle abuse on you, Michelle? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I've blocked out an awful lot, Joe, but yeah. um, I do remember he visited our home on every occasion, like Easter, Christmas. Yeah. He used to say Mass in the front room of our home. Um, and he he would... Uh, he was a very um, tactile person. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of... Um, what's the word for it? Um, he would basically be very touchy-feely. Okay. And he'd put your ha- his hands everywhere. Now, sometimes he'd get away with doing that very subtly in the yeah. company of other people. And other times it would be when I would be in bed. And he would um, go to the bathroom and pretend he was in the bathroom and then walk across the corridor and come into my room. So, you know, he was the only brother of my father. Okay. And my father never believed me that he was doing this. And I think I reported it in 1997, I think, around that date. Okay. And to the guards in Galway, Mill Street. And um, I told them if this was investigated, they would be opening a can of worms because I knew that he was in St. Michael's College. He had been to Black Rock. Mm-hmm. And I I think it was common knowledge. I don't know within my family or where I knew it, but I knew that he would have touched boys as well as girls. Yeah. And... Um, as we now know. As we now know. Somebody, Joe, from the church, his superior... And a psychologist came down to interview me in Galway. Now, I don't know if that was the exact time or it was two or three years later. But when I came out of that interview, I just felt horrendous. I felt they they didn't listen. All they cared about that well, I wasn't going to bring a civil case against them. That's all they cared about. Um, I told them that my main concern was that Father Allo would be taken out of the facility of any children. Yeah. And what they did with them then is, as far as I know, he was arrested, but then he was shipped off to England for alcohol treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, so the church have covered for him, like, for forever. And I think... Unless there's an inquiry, I, even it have to be very independent inquiry for anything to be not covered up. Covered up for far too long. I'm just trying to get a a, a timeline, if you can just bear with me for a sec, Michelle. Um, He died in 2013, on the 7th of December. Um, He's buried in Dardistown Cemetery in Dublin. I'll read out his details from the, the, the Holy Ghost Order of all the achievements he, he managed. Um, you told us you were in your, your mid-40s. Michelle, do you... I'm, rem- 50, I'm 52 in a oh, couple okay. of 50, weeks. Okay. What, what? And he abused me from the age of five. My God. And even when I was an adult, I was about 18 or 20 years, I know I had an argument with my parents and he followed me up to the bedroom. He put his arms around me. He told me he loved me. 
And of course, he, oh, he was just thinking about himself, so I removed myself from the situation. He was a very, very vain man. Um, you know, I think he was, he was just enabled by the church and the community. And, you know, and, and Michelle, when you you said when you reported to the Gardaí, yeah. two two representatives of the school came down. No, a represent his superior in the Holy Ghost Fathers. Now I yeah. don't know if he's a superior okay. or he was a he was a fellow. I think he was a priest as well and a psychologist. Okay. And came down. What, what, what was the purpose of their interfering in this? Absolutely. No, I think it was just to cover everything up. Damage control. And you say that you think, looking back, their main objective was to... Oh, totally. I think they even stated it. I can't remember if I signed anything. I said to them, I didn't want money. It wasn't about that. It was about yeah. getting them out of the contact with children. And Father, Anna, would even... I'm reading from the the Holy Ghost uh, at the time he died. Father Patrick Ford Allo was born in Ballyhannes, Mayo uh, in May 1932 and he completed a secondary school studies at Black Rock College, entered a novitiate in Kilshane, first profession 51, uh, prefected for two years in St. Mary's in Rathmines, uh, BA in philosophy from UCD, uh, priesthood, uh, 1959, and his consecration to the apostolate, 1960. First appointment was to Willow Park School in Black Rock, uh, teacher, 1960. HDIP UCD, 61. Dire- uh, appointed director of the Scholastica in, in Black Rock College in 63. He returned, he's, he's going up the ladder here fairly quickly. He, he returned to Willow Park School in 69 to work as a teacher and dean of discipline. He was then appointed principal of St. Michael's, which is here in Dublin yeah. as well, on Aylesbury Road in 77. And then returned to Black Rock College in 83 as dean of the boarding school. He joined St. Mary's College community in uh, 1989 and became his chaplain. He spent a number of years as a curate in Dalkey Parish before taking up the position Dalkey, yes. before taking up the position of librarian at Kimmage yeah. Mission Institute in nineteen ninety six. And he died Father Patrick, as they refer to him, uh, died on the seventh of November two thousand and thirteen. Do you remember the funeral, Michelle? Did you have to attend? I did not my the only one that attended the funeral was um my mother and father and a possible brother. Okay. And when you said it to your dad, to uh, uh, Patrick Aloysius' brother, when you said it to your father that his brother was abusing you at a very young age, mm-hmm. do you remember what age you were when you first had the courage to, incredible courage? I think I have said it since you know, maybe 8, 10, 13. Yeah. When I was a teenager, I used to give out a lot that he was allowed into the house. Okay. And um, that he shouldn't be and all this. But it took me another seven or eight years to go to the guards. And when I did go to the guards, the guards said that I couldn't stop him going into the house. I don't think I lived there then. Okay. But that I couldn't stop him going into the house if my father or mother had invited him. Okay. They had no control over that. And I don't want but, to, uh, yeah, I don't want too, inform, too much information, Michelle, and only tell me what you feel you, you yeah, want to. Yeah, yeah. You, when you were not living in the house, were you afraid of Flood? And I don't want to use a surname because your, your surname is Flood. Are you, are you, um, no, you, I don't mind, okay. Joe, because, I, you know, I'm not hiding anymore. That, okay. I thought I'd have to carry this with me till the day I died and I thought when he died that that was it it would never be brought out or anything and you know it's shocking but when were you when you when you were not living at home and you said to your parents why are you letting him in were there other children living in the house there, there would have been nieces okay. and nephews coming in and out coming of the and house okay. and stuff so, like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay, okay, okay. And there would have, no, because there's only one person younger than me. Okay, okay. 
So, this is my story, Joe, and I don't know how anybody else... Did you ever? What their experience offers it. I'll give you another example, and uh, you'll hear another example after this, bre- this break in a couple of minutes. Michelle, did you ever confront him? Did you ever say no. to him as you got older, you. No. What you did? And what is the impact he's had on your life? He's de- destroyed my life. Destroyed it. I spent my whole life looking over my shoulder. Afraid, afraid of people. I've suffered depression. I've got. I went from one abusive relationship to another. Just looking for love. I never felt safe anywhere. Even in my own home, he got to me. Um, and it's been untold. I I have three teenagers now, and I always said to myself, if I can manage to get them to 18 years of age and nobody has interfered with them, that I've done my job. But it's been... um, I've moved around a lot. Mm -hmm. I... At the moment, I'm in a caring profession. Yeah. And I look after people, but I have days where I prefer not to get out of the bed, but I do get out of the bed. Okay. And that's, you know, I've never had a voice in this. Mm. Nobody's ever listened. I don't feel the church listened. I don't feel they did enough. I've had, even yesterday, it was probably the hardest day I've had. I've had so much despair sadness. Mm. I feel so much for Stephen and other boys and all the victims and how it could have been stopped. The church, the Holy Ghost Fathers could have stopped this long, long time ago and they didn't. And and it's, it's just, it destroys people's lives. You know? Um, well, you, you're you're the first person to come forward saying that there was abuse outside of the the community. To use that phrase of of Black Rock, Kimmage, Holy Holy Ghost. Um, but I made the guards aware yeah. of that when I made the allegations that I had my suspicions because he had been principal of so many of schools and all that, and. They were, and and just to say as well, the the guards came to me two years later or something like that and said, two boys have come forward. Okay. And they wanted me to sign a statement, and I did, to say that I didn't know them because I didn't know those people. Okay. But it, it just confirmed my suspicions. He has abused so many children. It It's just... And I thought when I went to the guards that that would be the end of it. And I don't know if it ever was. What did you you refer to him as there, Michelle? I said when I went to the guards, I thought that would be the end of it. No, but you used a phrase before that I didn't grab, but I I think you you hate it. It's just shocking. Yeah. And when you read it... Joe, when I had my daughter, I had two sons and a daughter, and when I had my daughter and she came to the age of five and seven, I have gone through hell to look at her and see what was taken from me. The the spirit, liveliness, the fact that she's so vibrant, you know, it, it was terrible. And you know another thing, Joe... He took a lot of family photographs yeah, of yeah, us, yeah, myself that's... and my siblings growing up. Yeah. It was he was the main photographer of mm-hmm. family photographs. You know, and he went on pilgrims to Lourdes and you know, it's it's just disgusting really that he got away with it. Yeah. He took it to the grave with him. He did. He did. And um, I contacted um, now, is he, uh, he, Lee Nally yesterday. Yeah, OK, well done. Well done, yeah. And um, he said he'll get back to me that he's a lot of emails at the moment. Yeah. Is he buried? But that's no surprise. Is, is Flood buried in 
the Holy Ghost plot in Dardistown, I wonder? I haven't a clue where he's buried. I remember going to Kimmage myself with mm-hmm. my family, visiting him at some stage. And I'd even question the timeline the ghost, the Holy Ghost border would give because mm. they want to cover themselves. And what do you think uh, about the calls that have been made by Michael and many others, uh, victims and survivors? Oh, like even for a public inquiry. Oh, definitely, definitely. But it has to be, like everything in this country, it, you know, there's too much cover-up. Yeah. It's want to be a very independent inquiry. No, I, I, it's shocking, you know. Okay, stay, stay with us, Michelle. Michael is still with us. And uh, after, mm. the, after the break, another victim of abuse. But uh, who did he report it to? His head his dean of discipline. Who was the dean of discipline? Um, father, as he was then, Aloysius Flood. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Michael, I don't know whether you want to uh, react to what Michelle is saying. The, one, the courage that she has, and two, the the awful, awful devastation that this man, Flood, visited on his niece, Michelle. It's a, I applaud her for her courage, and I, I think one piece of advice I'd give to any parent is children don't have the vocabulary normally to be able to explain this. If, if, if your kid is saying something about abuse, believe them, investigate it, yeah. especially if they're using terms that you would not expect them to use. Um, don't let it pass. Have a conversation with your children. Uh, John Morgan, Joe at RT.ie, 51551 is the text number, 1850 715815. But Joe at RT.ie. John Morgan, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. Um, you went to St. Michael's here in Dublin. That's correct, between 1977 and 1984. Okay. When Aloysius Flood, was he, what was his role there? And what was he, well, he, he was actually the headmaster. The headmaster, okay. And you were abused by a lay teacher who we're not naming at this stage, but um, you reported it. I did. To? I did, to, to, to uh, well, when it occurred, and um, I, I really admired the bravery of, you know, all the other callers, and Michelle, my heart goes out to you there. So, I basically went home and told my parents, yeah. I was away in a, a weekend in the Glen of Amal with other classmates uh, and my brother. And um, the abuse took place over two nights while we were away. And when I arrived back on the Sunday night, my mother noticed that, uh, you know, I was something wasn't right about me. And she asked me and I told her out straight. And what, 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 what happened next? So... Basically, what happened next was that, and this is my memory, I'm looking at it through the lens of a, you know, Mm 14-year-old. I just, I I was told, look, go into school, don't worry about it, go straight to the headmaster and tell him everything. So that's what I did. I obeyed, I was the eldest in the family. I was always told, look, you you do what you're told. So I I went in and I, I, I told and, so, what, um, and what did Flood say? I, I can't remember the exact words, but what I, I do remember, and, and what's coming through from what Michael is saying there, um, is that he, you know, I had a number of meetings with him. He, he, he asked for a number of meetings with me, and he sort of, uh, the whole thing was kept in secrecy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what was said to my parents. Now, my father and my mother have never told me. Uh, my father's still alive this day. He's never told me what exactly happened or transpired between himself and the school. But all I can say to you is, is that he did ask to see me privately on a number of occasions. That nothing happened then, but he did ask me on okay. those occasions to go through in minute detail as to what had occurred in the weekend. And 
let's say when I was using certain phrases that a boy of 14 would use, he yeah. would call me back to the correct phrase, at the correct word to be using, and, you know, ask me to repeat it. But look, that, that was my memory at the time. I remember, you know, he'd, he'd come down to the classroom uh, with a book or something, and he'd give it to the teacher, and he'd call me away, or, or guess the teacher'd give me a book or send me up with something, mm-hmm. and then he'd send me back to the class, you know? But nothing ever happened in relation to, in relation to uh, he never did anything to me. Um, now, other people in the school were brought in, as I said, the dean of discipline at the time was a very nice man, mm-hmm. but he, he wasn't really interested in me. And the only thing that saved me was, compared to in, when I think of the rest of when what's been happening in the last few days, was I had one teacher I could go to. His name was Barry. And without Barry, I wouldn't have got through this. Okay. I never had the opportunity to thank him. I was lying in bed the last few nights, and I said, Jesus, I never thanked him what he did for me. Like, I'm, I'm lucky. I've had a fabulous relationship. I've got a wonderful wife. Yeah. I've got three beautiful children. He has had my ups and downs with careers. And yeah. I look back and, you know, I suppose, you know, it takes a certain type of person to, you know, to have the strength at the time. When I look back at my 14-year-old self and to think that, look, I, you know, I, I, I went on, nothing happened. You know, he yeah. wasn't taken out. My abuser wasn't removed. He was not allowed to go on school trips anymore, but he wasn't taken out of circulation, so to say. Um, he, uh, and he wasn't, like, what he did to you I, was a crime. Yeah, but look, at the time, you know, the whole, people didn't really believe in, you know, in, in what children were saying, or they just brushed it under the carpet. You know, and even, you know, even today now, I mean, it's, it's fabulous to hear so many men come on and, and, and women come on and tell their, tell their story, you know, because it needs to be heard. But this isn't the first time this has happened, and it probably won't be the last. And but you did, you did go to the Gardaí, John, I did go to the Gardaí. Well, many years later, after I had a serious traumatic incident, I was caught up in a quite a violent bank raid. Okay. And I, it, obviously the people I was working at the time did nothing for me and I eventually, look, private, privately was arranged a, a, a psychiatric, um, yeah. sorry, a, a psychiatrist and he said to me, John, you've got unfinished business with what happened to you when you were a 14-year-old boy. So I went, I told my father beforehand that I was going to do this and um, I went to the guards anyway and the guards said look I'd have to I'd have to interview all the people and they contacted the people and they said look we're going to have to interview your dad as well and your brother and they did that but my father wasn't best pleased he actually had quite a prominent position you know at the bishop's conference and you know mm. it, it upset me you know I mean I'll be honest with you I actually he let me down and I think he knows that himself. Yeah. No, but um, look, I'm glad none of this has ever been visited on my children as far as I know. Yeah. They're all oilless adults now at this stage, thanks to God. But I hasn't, it hasn't rocked my faith in any way. Like, I mean, I'm still okay. a believer. And okay. I just know that there's evil people in this world. And, yeah. you know. And to this day, have you had any contact from the spiritans as they're now known none around the school I, the, as far as I'm aware I mean I went to the guard I went back to the guard the obviously following um, in touch with your team and um, only last night I met a wonderful guard down in Wexford Guard Station and I walked into him but I walked in and asked for because my, my I report this probably over 15 years ago and um, there was a file opened up and um, look, they arranged, the Gardaí arranged me to meet with the school, uh, the current principal at the time. Now, he brought along a, somebody from the CBS, uh, a headmaster from the CBS school with him. I didn't get a nice response from them. I met them down at the Ferry Carrick Hotel here. I have to say I wasn't, did nothing for me. I didn't feel any way. I felt totally indifferent after it. But 
never anything from them. And even, you know, nothing to this day uh, from them at all. So, um, but I've asked the guards to try. I mean, I'm, I have to, I'm, I'm intent on getting my file now and, okay. and, and, and taking it further now at this stage. And do you think there should be a public inquiry into what happened? In Absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt. And I think it's going to be, this This is only the tip of the iceberg, you know, from what I can, you know. And as I said, there are now more allegations. Mm. Uh, and I see another two coming in. There's more allegations against sure. uh, uh, the Holy Ghost Fathers than there was against the priests in the Ferns Diocese. Where, the reason I say it was, there was an inquiry, a government inquiry. First of all, they had a scoping exercise with the... Uh, a senior counsel at the time, the now eminent judge, George Birmingham, and then he recommended, this is my memory of it, he recommended that there should be uh, a statutory inquiry um, with three, uh, I think it was a judge plus two others. Um, and But that was, um, that was, um, that was what, 20 years ago. Um, but the person who, who initiated that inquiry was a minister at the time, Michal Martin. Um, Michael, you're trying to get back in, sure. sorry. Yeah. No, I just, just add one thing to what um, Michelle said about speaking with parents. I, I told my parents I had two of the most wonderful parents anybody could possibly ever wish for. They both sadly passed away at this stage. I, I told my parents when it happened. And based on the information that they had and their experience at that point in time when Ireland was a very different place, they didn't believe me. And I told them many years later. Mm. And they did believe me. Yeah, um, okay. But the guilt they felt all the way to the end is one of the most painful things about this whole thing because they were two of the kindest, most wonderful people and to have yeah. put them through the pain of feeling that they let down the child they love so much was such an incredible damage to their own psyche and they they kept it together for me all the time but I okay. know it deeply deeply affected them Okay, stay with us Michael and Michelle, it's up to yourself yeah. I'd like you to stay if you would please Yeah, uh, But unfortunately the next call is uh, another man alleging abuse by your uncle who abused you as well um, Joe at rte.ie Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Michael is still with us. He's on WhatsApp. That's why his line is so clear. And uh, he was abused uh, in Willow Park. And uh, he subsequently took his case unsuccessfully Um against uh, one of the priests who, and the case was, his defence was, the priest's defence was paid for by the Holy Ghost Order but, but and a Supreme Court appeal as well. Uh, Michelle Flood is there. Her uncle was known as Father Allo Flood and he had... Joe, can pre- I just yes, say Michelle. something? Yeah, of course. Um, I just want to, on behalf, like, I'm I'm so ashamed that I'm anyway related to... You shouldn't to- Father Flood, and I want to apologise to everybody affected that he abused because they never got... A, yeah. Those who did or, or didn't get an apology, they deserve one. But you have nothing to apologise for, Michelle. You know that. But, you know, even listen to Stephen on Monday. Yeah. I felt so bad being any way related to that man. And for what he's done. Yeah, but I, I think Michael and, and John would all agree with me that... Absolutely. It's, it's nothing. You were abused by him as well. You were a victim. Yeah, I know. Here's another brief letter we got. This time it's about Rockwell College, a boarding school run by the uh, Holy Coast Fathers. Hi, Joe. I too was abused by a spirit and priest when I was a boarder at Rockwell College As a student, I never felt safe in bed or in the swimming pool. This particular priest would wake the students up in the morning by pulling the covers off them and berating them if they had an erection. He had a habit of putting his hand up and down your leg. When we would go swimming, he would sit by the pool watching you, watching you in a way that made you feel uncomfortable. Over the years, I have made complaints about the abuse I suffered. 
My abuser is long since dead and buried, but I can't bring myself to detail what happened to me or even say his name. And that was read by a member uh, of staff here. Um, Neil Hogan. Neil, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. Um, you were in Willow Park in Black Rock in Dublin. Yeah, I was in Willow Park from the age of six until I was 12. Yeah. I was in sixth class uh, when I was 12. And uh, Father Flood was my science teacher. So... Uh. Um, there was. I had a couple of incidents with it, with Father Corey as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, his name has been mentioned a few times. Senator Corey, yeah. Um, and then with Father Flood, um, um, but you know, n- nothing on the scale that Mark and David Ryan or your previous yeah. caller Michael had encountered. I mean, it was like Michelle had mentioned earlier. He, he, he was quite tactile, and mm. so I was the recipient of that in science class. So he, he always managed to find a way to to move me down to the back of the class where there was an empty desk. And he, he had a habit of teaching from the back of the class, so he would he would uh, teach science while, you know, rubbing my hair or my neck or tugging at my shirt was a sign to open the collar so that he would put his hand on my back. And, you know, that went on for... I actually don't remember a science class that it didn't happen yeah. in the entire sixth year. But then every no, science it, class, he 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 touched you. Uh, yes, but then you know, I mean, I'm aware that these are fifty-year-old memories. Yeah, yeah. And they get confused, and and um, but I don't remember a, a time where he didn't. But you know, is the same. There was a, there was. Um, a couple of instances with Father Cory after rugby training. But as a child, I remember learning to avoid situations. Mm-hmm. You avoided being in rooms with certain priests. And I don't think I'm any different from a lot of the boys in Black Rock or Willow. You know, um, you learn to avoid those situations and you learn to, to um, never be the last one there yeah. with certain priests. But But, you know... Unlike unlike um, maybe some of the previous callers and stuff, I, I don't have any ill will towards Black Rock mm. or Willow. Okay. You know, I mean, these names, it's the same names that keep cropping up every time, and they really, I believe they're in a minority. I mean, I'm not detracting from anybody else's stories, but I, I believe they're in a minority. Yeah, and of course. Yeah, they, yeah. You know, my experience in Black Rock was overwhelmingly positive, and my experience mm. in Willow Park was overwhelmingly positive. You know, I mean, there were an awful lot of good teachers and priests there, very kind. Yeah. And, you know, they're, they're getting dragged through the muds now along with the school. And I well, think it's well, kind of unfair, but I, like I said, I don't want to take away from anybody mm. else's problems or, or experiences there. This is just my personal experience. Okay, but I think, I think in fairness, listeners and yourself and... Others are mature enough to differentiate. Of course, you're not mm. saying if it was a whole school, we'd be in an apocalyptic situation. Of course, there's hundreds of uh, good yep. teachers that have gone through Black Rock, but this is now a, uh, developing into a significant number, um, regardless of percentages or whatever. But it, it, they say there's now allegations against 77, um, which they've accepted, by the way. The Holy Ghost Order have accepted them. Um, I, I, I just want to, I'll, I'll take a break and after, after the break, Michelle again, I'd read out the words of your uncle, your abuser. But, but Joe, uh, can I take yes, ne- one thing before you go? Yes, Neil. Very brief. Of course. Um, I, you know, there's a, there's a lot of tendencies to, to look at religious organisations and blame the church and blame religious, mm-hmm. religious organisations. You know, I, I think that the real reason... Uh, paedophiles exist in our society yeah. everywhere. Yeah. You know, they're a percentage yeah. of the people, and it's not illegal, and it's not against the law to be a paedophile. It is against the law to act on it. And and, yeah, it's not, it's not against her. Sure, how can anyone prove stuff that's in your mind as such? But I take... But, but, it, are, but it is a serious crime to act on it. It is, abuse and, and, but that's, that's the point. You know, there are yeah. studies that have looked at this, and they found that there are 
there are a, a percentage of society. I understand that. I understand. I really urge it, but most don't act on. But when you're surrounded by children in schools, it will tend to rise to the top. The same with swim societies or right. gymnastics in America. It's what but you then, will then, see them. Then, after this break, I'll, I hope I'll have, when I read out the words of. Uh, Aloysius Flood, uh, you will see the hypocrisy of someone who professes one thing publicly, a teacher or member of religious order, and does the opposite in private. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. It was Stephen who first raised the name of Aloysius Flood and Jerry Hannon and San and Corey on Tuesday's Live Line. Uh, clerics in the Holy Ghost order and the Holy Ghost order then issued a statement saying they, they admit they accept sorry accept is the word, that what Stephen was saying is absolutely and totally uh, true um, and now uh, Flood's uh, niece Michelle Flood has contacted us to say he abused her as well from the age of five. This is what he said, Michelle and Michael and Neil and John. These are his words uh, from the history of the, the school and he's 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 referred to as a brilliant teacher, dedicated servant, deeply concerned for the welfare of his students. And these are his words on on, this, on the prize day. He spoke movingly to the assembled uh, prize men. I wish all of you from the Holy Ghost Fathers an abundant outpouring of that same spirit, an outpouring which will bring your lives the vigour of youth, the wisdom of the mature and the peace that comes to all people of goodwill. It is a wish not only for this summer evening, but also a wish for all your lives. Uh, Father Flood said, those who assist him certainly let footprints on the sands of time. Well, this man has left uh, very, very dark and uh, black. Yes, Michelle. Can I just say that um, when he would say mass in our family home, it was similar, you know. He, I think he had an alcohol problem as well. I mean, he'd always drink the wine, you know, the usual yeah. thing. But he was a very vain man and very egotistical and put himself up on a pedestal. But like okay. to this day, when I, I used to try and go into church and I used to be fine in mass until I get to the sermon. And when I'd hear a priest talking up there, the hypocrisy would just come to me and I'd have okay. to leave. Because you, he ruined my, even any faith I had in a God okay. or anything. It was just, he was a hypocrite. Okay. A hypocrite, he lived two lives. Okay, Michelle, thanks indeed. That's Michelle Flood, niece of uh, Aloysius Flood. Michael, thank you. Neil Hogan, John Morgan, the other callers. Annette Egan, producer Ray Darcy's next. 0818 715 815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie. 